Hey everybody, it's good old JR Jim Ross, a member of multiple halls of fame and the voice of AEW Wrestling, and you're listening to Bad Medicine Podcast, and you're going to like it. But I watched a little Back to the Future Part 2 on Netflix the other night, and I'll be damned if that movie still doesn't hold up. They're, dude, they're good. They hold up. They actually had those in the theater this weekend. So Dacia and I, like you know, we talked about last week, we saw Part 1 last weekend, and we were going to see Part, like, Two and three, we heard they were coming out this week, but then Marcus on the east side dropped um, the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> so I hit up my brother, the huge, best one, huge Star Wars fan, yeah. and my nephew. Uh, he's not, you know, my brother. I'm a casual Star Wars fan. Brother's huge Star Shocker. Wars fan. Shocker. <laughs> um, but his son's favorite movie is uh, favorite of all the Star Wars movie is The Empire Strikes Back. So he's like, absolutely. Oh, you know, when it came out fall. in '80, yeah. So I wasn't obviously yeah, able I was to one. see it, and they, they did a couple of re-releases. Um, they did like the big marathons when some of the other star wars but i wasn't able to see yeah, it because i was telling you in like 96 97 they released all three star wars and they were like updated with new cgi and things like that because if you still own the old like vhs copies it's the old real that old special effects style that yeah, they have. yeah yeah but and they and they put they put empire strikes back on the ultra screen too which was which was pretty <laughs> incredible so now like my thing is like okay like i'm super excited already like what are they gonna what are they going to have next weekend? Yeah, what's it going to be? So, um, but the theaters—it was still—it's still really dead at the theaters. Yeah. Like, dude, we rolled up. There was probably, I, I would guess, maybe thirty cars there, and we went for a four o'clock showing on Saturday. Oh, jeez! And when yeah. we left, when we left at you know got done, you know maybe six thirty or so. When we left, it was even there was even less cars. So there was less people that came to the right. later shows. Well, the weather was awesome. But the weather was, too. and that's the thing is we've had since the theaters have reopened, we've had some really good weekend weather. Yeah. But I'm just really surprised. You know, you don't, and we talked about this also on the last podcast. It's not like Marcus Cinemas is advertising all over TV. So if you're somebody who's like, oh, what are we going to see for movies and stuff like that? Like, you wouldn't even think they're playing these classes. No, you you have to get like email updates through apps and stuff like that. So, like I said, I'm really excited to see what they're going to play next weekend. Um, If there's nothing in particular that I really want to see, but Back to the Future is still there, I'm going to go see the Back to the Future movie. I was on HBO Max. And as you can see, I watched uh, Casablanca last night. Such a great movie. Made in 1942. So. Quite frankly, I don't give a damn. Wrong movie. That's, ah. Oh, my God. Close. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Here's looking at you, kid. Oh, it's that That's Is, is that one. played again, Sam? Yeah. Well, yeah. But. And we'll play it again live to you from the Nakatomi Plaza. Perfect. 13th floor this time, as always. Broadcasting from the Waylon Corporation studios, nestled in the heart of the Fox Valley, overlooking the crystal clear waters of Lake Winnebago. This is the Bad Medicine Podcast. Who? How's everybody doing? Yeah, everybody's uh, stomach and how's their guts in check? I mean, I'm fine. I I am alive, cooling everything off with a uh, nice margarita here with uh, some good old Terramaya. The rocks coming through for you. Because if, uh, what do you do again, Quinn? What do you do? You, bang, you that uh, bang that bell, smash that like button, and comment and subscribe. Well, because if uh, you do, you you'll do see all. later on this week, you'll see that we did a little challenge, and it'll be a nice, we'll have it up there uh, as soon as uh, Joey gets done editing it. And I think uh, it turned out pretty well. I, I mean, for no, spoilers, no spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> turned out well for two of us. <clears throat> and guess which two that is, you know? Yeah, you know, so, yeah, you know Mason Quinn, yeah. the four-time tag champs. 
<laughs> just <laughs> running the show or time. I love how wrestling Four always times. is like how many times you've won the title, but you know, you have to lose it in order to regain it. You know, like in yeah, football or basketball, yeah. you restart a new season. Mm-hmm. So it's fresh. So if I'm a six time Super Bowl champion, it's not the same because it wasn't like you've lost your trophy. <laughs> it's like, you know, it starts fresh and then you have to win another one for a new season yeah. where like Ric Flair, 17 time world. Well, you lost the 16. belt 16, well, 17, 16 17 times. How much more but, interesting would the NFL be if you had to defend your Super Bowl trophy? So let's say they want to change the rules, right? So the Patriots they, would have to come in, defend their Super Bowl every game like that the they Chiefs play. This year. Or the yeah. Chiefs. Uh, the Patriots didn't win this year? Oh, I thought they did. And whoever wins and, is then the just, Yeah, whoever <laughs> wins it is the champ. So it's like they a traveling, have to it. traveling <laughs> trophy. You do know, like, uh, the announcers, whomever they may be at that time for the first game or two, they're like, well, here comes the, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Super Bowl champs, defending their title this season. So they, they do talk, it, but of, obviously yeah, what it's we're not saying is not. But I think if they the lose, they should have to give that team the trophy. <laughs> and the same thing could happen the next week. Just, just be Hilarious! They lose a meaningless game, and like we three, and the confetti's coming down. Like the, the Browns, we, oh, we got it! We did it! Baker Mayfield's going nuts. Baker Mayfield's probably the only way he's going to win it. Hey, it's it's oh, a hell of a lot more interesting than a two-point conversion. So that's smart. all I'm saying. Margarita's throwing tasty. it out there. Well, it should be. It's settling are, the stomach. What do we got going on with WWE? Uh, a lot of. Uh, tumultuous oh. stuff going on right now. I don't know where the writers' heads are at, but. I don't even know if it's really the writers as it is Vince. You know, the last week it was Jeff Hardy puts a waiter. No, he didn't even put Smash him through the a table. bottle. He, no, said, yeah. he smashes a, a, a waiter with a, a bottle in the head. The, you know what I mean. <laughs> and he gives him a swanton. <laughs> this week, we had a karaoke contest amongst the uh, ladies. The Divas. What? Friend of the podcast, Dana Brooke, was part of that. Tell I me heard. more. I heard. And uh, it was it was awful. It was terrible. They would have been better just having a four-way. I, I feel bad for the talent because yeah, you, could tell, uh, wait, you could tell the talent is trying their hardest to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. Yep. Friend of the podcast, Dana Brooke, is out there doing the Honky Tonk Man song. Uh-huh. And it's just, it, again, I I guess I set the bar as being the Bailey, this is your life segment. But these last two have just have been worse. And you when you actually feel bad for somebody doing something, it's pretty <laughs> You know who we should get on the line to vent about Vince is Dauber. Should I call him right now and just put him on speakerphone? <laughs> Dauber, you are live. Tell us what you think about Vince. Well, maybe we should set him up for next week so he can have like a firing order of yeah. everything he wants no, to No, I want to get him Catch raw. Him well, Catch while you dial, answer. we'll still talk. Yeah. So, I think, well, I feel like Vince is kind of losing it now with the stars a little bit because Shayna Baszler, I mean, uh, there's probably a list, right? Where Yeah, what happened to her? Uh, I, she hasn't world, been on since Mania, beater, right? a total destroyer. Yeah. Killed I everybody. I didn't like her one bit. I thought she was just, I don't know. Well, I mean, Grant, that we being said, but it's a question of, you know, they've had guys before mm-hmm. that people don't like and they just shove them down your throat and they just keep putting them on every week. And it was like her, she had her run. She lost to Becky and that was it. Just yeah. gone. Gone. And that was the thing. Becky wanted to put her over. She yeah. wanted to give her the belt because she knew that she would take it to the next. Well, well. that's insider sources. Well, uh, she came out saying that. Becky Lynch came out and said it herself. <laughs> yeah. How that's inside is that? It's not insider sources. When the sources, <laughs> whatever, Uncle Dave. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So I, is, I mean, is, yeah. is it, he's. I'm just texting him to see if he's around oh. first. So is is uh, 
aside from a few quirky things, um, how are things going as far as Monday Night Raw and SmackDown? Because there was a lot of criticism that AEW was doing a much better job with their um, with their weekly productions as far as you know making it entertaining given the circumstances at which they had to work inside. And then we saw WWE a handful of weeks ago start putting you know some of the talent in the crowd, so it wasn't just an empty performance. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they were filling. Um, with some uh, pumping in some some crowd yeah. noise, um, not too much, but I, I thought the product was a little bit better. And now it seems like people are aren't necessarily that happy with everything going on. Well, with like AEW, they haven't deferred from anything they've ever done in the past. Like since the moment, no, we'll no. just say the moment they got on TV, it's still the same. Obviously, their their tag team and their ref jobs still need to be cleaned up pretty bad from all the way from the tag ropes to the counts so hopefully someday they'll get that cleaned up i don't but, know but they're still doing but they're still they doing, doing what they before. do for entertainment yeah yeah, yeah. I, I feel like the it, it seems like the wwe has completely changed their product and what's frustrating is they'll have a show with you know like they'll open with uh like aj styles versus matt riddle or daniel bryan versus uh like drew gulak or somebody it'll have Uh, amazing technical wrestling that's just incredible over on nxt you'll have timothy thatcher versus oni lorcan uh two guys who are starting to get popular but they put on just a clinic if you're a fan of like that british style of wrestling real hard hitting uh you know mat work it was just incredible but then you have all this nonsense like karaoke contests and waiters and bars and people getting hit by cars for no reason and the stuff that doesn't seem to go anywhere a hacker storyline that everybody was talking about that's nowhere all of a sudden you had, stopped, you had otis it, and mandy who were carrying smackdown on their where back with their storyline they dump, where are they did they dump that all together it looks like it i don't know if we they dumped it or maybe they, they i mean he's tested still positive and they had to keep him off tv i mean uh, maybe he's, he's still the money in the bank so yeah, he's, he's still, still a champ there yeah i don't know i i know i was reading some things um the other day and i don't get too much of the behind the scenes stuff as a casual fan but i read that there's definitely some some behind the scenes issues with with all the covid stuff going on and again we don't get into it too much but you get people who are worried about catching it and bringing it home to their families and things like that and of course you know vince wants his people to keep wrestling and um you know, given that it's his business, you know, he can tell people like, look, you, you have the option of coming in or not. And some people might mm-hmm. think you're, well, you're making people choose between their health and whatever, but that can be said for, that can really be said regular for any, jobs. any, thank you. Any regular job, yeah, well, any regular job. Like if I, given that option. Yeah. Like if I, I like, Hey, look, if, if, if your boss says, Hey, you know what we need to open, let's say you're a bartender or let's say you work retail and you're like, I'm not comfortable working at retail and your boss says okay well we're open and we need people to come in and work and you have the option of not working but i need workers and i think with wwe people look at vince and i'm not gonna sit here and defend vince because there's been a lot of things you know with me hanging out with guys who are are very passionate about wrestling you start to see their points and where vince is like oh more brock lesnar you're like oh for fuck's sake you know (laughs) um but on the flip side of that, you know, people kind of villainizing Vince for telling these people like you need to come in and wrestle or or hit the road. 
look, this is not a unique situation right now to wrestling. Right. There's tons of industries where, look, if I'm the owner and this is my business and I need to open up, and obviously I'm not going to say the term put food on the table for Vince because he could stop right now and be fine. Mm-hmm. But if it's my business and I need people to work, the, the people are going to have to accept the risk. And if the WWE is taking the precautions that they can and, and, um, and you know, and Vince is telling them you have to come in. Then it is what it is. But that yeah, doesn't still that doesn't to me to yes. me that doesn't excuse poor storylines. This is an obstacle they have to work around. Right. But if anything, they should be trying to take it up a notch and say, let's do some creative stuff, not gimmicky. Right. And yeah. draw the fans in. So two things I want to kind of uh, piggyback off of what you were saying. Me personally, I think more than ever. During this time that we're in right now with the whole COVID thing, right? I think, in my personal belief, is that the the talent has more power than ever because all these guys could literally just right now team up and say, "No, Vince, we're not coming in. What are you going to do? What's Vince really going to do? He'll find Nothing. he'll find four thousand guys he will, across he the will country. He could, but they're he not will, TV ready. Vince no, isn't going to do he that. Will, he will absolutely replace them. That's he a, could, and then, that's, that, that's the problem with it. You know, there's one show in town. Realistically, you know. Well, yeah, and I kind of forgot my second yeah. point now because. <laughs> no, but no, I'm glad but, you brought that up yeah. because if he does, because I was reading stuff like there's some like younger talent that wants Seth Rollins to walk out because Seth apparently is like one of the locker room leaders right mm-hmm. now and Seth is apparently not doing it and people are like oh but you have a pregnant you know wife yeah. if they're married yeah. um, but, um, but he's not for doing now. it right now they said for the foreseeable near future but you know Quinn's absolutely right you know so the WWE for Anybody who's wrestled, I would have to imagine, is, a, is is the ultimate goal. And getting there is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And if I'm a young, healthy wrestler who doesn't have parents who are, you know, whatever, that I'm around all the time or maybe doesn't have a pregnant fiancé and it's just me living in an apartment and Vince is like, hey, need I need somebody to step up. There's a risk. And you look at the, all the factors – you know, I'm a healthy 25 year old, and here's my your one shot because some other people walked out. You're gonna take it. Now, the fans aren't necessarily. Oh, I get what you're saying. These these aren't guys who are ready for TV. They probably skill wise aren't ready. Promo wise might not be ready. But as far as finding new talent, there's gonna be people ready to step yeah. up. You know, new so you talent. Can- yeah, trying to find new talent isn't gonna be an issue for WWE. What I think the problem will be is. If Vince wants an AEW-like feel, then yeah, he'll find someone out in the indie scene who's not TV ready, and then throw him on TV, and then we got AEW as WWE. Yeah, but see, but I don't necessarily agree about that because there's guys who I saw coming up, whether it be Ken Anderson, Austin Aries, Sean Devari. I even saw like CM Punk and Cole Cabana a couple of times, like way back in the day when I was just starting out. And maybe, and I could be, you know, remembering a little bit differently, but they're the same guys now as what they were then. Like Ken doesn't wrestle any different now after his years in WWE than what I remember him wrestling on the Indies. And I don't mean that as a bad thing. I just mean that as he was ready 
and Aries was ready and Davari was ready. And you know, a number of guys even throw Horace the psychopath in there, a guy who's been wrestling for years. These guys, they didn't change that much from going into WWE aside from maybe, Hey, a hard cams over here, but these were guys were yeah. good enough. They didn't need to change that much. So I'm not they, sure if the TV ready they, argument holds. They up. just had to show them like exactly where it is, where they can hide where they're talking and stuff like that. Cause it's like, we got to go into this turnbuckle to, to tell you, tell you the spot. So, I guess John Cena missed that one. Well, yeah. well let me bring up Hip an example. Let me bring an example. Bobby, though. No. Let me bring an example though. Look how many Bobby, athletes. No that WWE has tried to bring in, right. tried to train them, and look how horrible everything was. But those aren't guys who didn't love the business like all the people that I knew. Right. I'm just using an example yeah, because if too. they're going to pick guys off the street, they're going to find some 10-year-old, uh, 10 probably 5-plus-year uh, vet on the indie scene that right. kind of smartened up from the right people. And then you know they're going to go after the people that have the bodies, saying, yeah. yeah, okay, he's got a body, we can train him. And then the second they get in to do a promo, it's just like – Ugh. He yeah. can't talk, or she can't talk. Yeah, that's I, when I you stick a manager with them. I know some bodybuilding people do that who now. I know can can do promo work and stuff like that. Where WWE went after them, but WWE didn't offer them initially the kind of yeah. money that the money that they needed. And I think we brought up his name, Callum Von Mulger, before six three Australian yep. guy, great build, very very. Reminds me of a lot of like the young Drew McIntyre, but with more of an attitude. But I think okay. he said that they offered him his first year, like 60 grand to go to development school for like a year to, to right. see how yeah. it went. And he's like, so basically you want me to take a, like a 10 X pay cut <laughs> yeah, from what I'm doing with social media and traveling and everything yeah. to try out for the WWE. And I think, um, I think there's plenty of talent out there, <clears throat> but I think they would have to start throwing bigger money, you know, drawing people away from what they're doing. You know, Dallas McCarver, before he passed, had told me that, you know, he was in talk with Vince and Vince said, you know, how much are you making bodybuilding? And he said, this, this, this. And he's like, well, you know, let's talk. Um, Oh, you know, but if he wants superstars, he, you know, you might have to pay for superstars. Well, God, could you, you know? imagine a return to the golden era of wrestling? Just a bunch of big jacked up dudes who could Dude, like, I was all watching, they can do is like, I was, watching, I was watching some of the earlier, oh, rest, I was watching some of the earlier WrestleManias and it was, I mean, it was impressive to me how massive some of these guys were. Who's the one guy I'd never even heard of? Like Dom something or Don, Don Morocco. No. Don Morocco. Don Morocco. Yeah, yeah he was just, just massive. Just fucking John. I'm like, I never even heard of Don Morocco. You know, no, Dino Bravo. Obviously, the Canada's strongest <laughs> <Yeah>. man. <laughs> but well, no, Quinn, you're, you're very right. This is one thing Dobber and I get into about is like the wrestling, t- like from a, in my opinion, and I think even as a casual fan, I, I could uh, you know be a parallel with the, the thinking of very passionate wrestling fans that a Finn Balor or an AJ Styles is going to out wrestle Don Morocco <laughs> any any day of the week. And so I'm I have I'm the same with you, Quinn, where I like to see my old school guys. But I think when you get used to seeing a certain level of performance from some of the more athletic guys and some of the guys who are more technically skilled. Yeah. You you look back at some of the old, and it's they, they have their place. You know, even Absolutely. Braun Strowman yeah. has his place here. Yeah. Um, but I think the WWE could pull more talent. But I don't think that you know. And I get there's so much that has to be learned for wrestling. You well, know? there's a lot of internet guys too that, and you see a lot of it on different boards and forums and YouTube pages where there's such to use the word marks for 
the the craft and the art of wrestling. They they want to see the technicians and stuff like that. And and a lot of times that'll dominate the uh, the topic of conversation instead of you know a guy who's physically imposing who if it was real would just go and squish heads. I know they tried doing that with two seventy five. He was massive. You know they tried doing that with Cain Velasquez. You bring in a former you know UFC guy who passed. Was it Cain Velasquez? Was an incredibly you know an all American wrestler. So he was an incredible actual wrestler. Uh, you know, an incredible UFC champion and just, just stunk up the stage. You guys remember when I texted you? I'm like, who is this guy? No, he was all American, all American wrestler. You I think in Arizona State guys, or Arizona. It's, it's their yeah. promos and like how WWE likes to make them characters instead of, could instead the promos, of themselves. Could the promos really be any worse? That's the thing though. Now. That's what they are. They're out there trying to do monologues, which they can't, which I can't. But then, uh, yeah, but then, but then beyond that is, yeah, they're, they're out there playing some something they're not yep. instead of being what they feel like yes they were characters in wwe when they got in but it was like this is your character now you have free reign to do without whatever with it like you think vince mcmahon was giving points to freaking ultimate warrior about what he's doing in his freaking blabbering just, talk when, I, when i go back yeah, just go psychotic you know when I, I watched 30 you know during the shutdown i yeah. watched 30 some years of wrestlemania yeah. and to me best promo guys macho man Ultimate Warrior, although they were completely out in left field. Ric Flair, The Rock, Stone Cold, Steve Austin. These guys where you really, you can't teach any of that. No, you can't. You can't teach any of that. You can't come in and be like, well, we're going to have you do this, 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 this. Mm -hmm. This is somebody who either has it or they don't. And you have to just let them roll with who they're going to be and go with it. And I think that kind of talent is really, is really hard to find. I mean, you know, the undertaker was interesting because his promos were always rest. In peace. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's where you like the American badass. Cause any, yeah, kind of those more. were, those but they got to be cool. like diamond day bullet points. That's all they get. But for you got, I, I just, I, I think, I think one of the things the that guys, people remember? need to remember and, and I'll, I'll bitch about it to, to Dauber and the Rolos and, and, and Allen and those guys be like, they just need to bring in some old school type talent. I think it's harder for them to find talent than people realize. You know, we talk about how many people are on the indie scene yep. that want to step up. We talk about getting, you know, meatheads that are six foot three that look like the old school bodybuilders, but how many of them are going to be athletic and can cut a promo, which yep. is, you know, th- there's, a, there's a lot going on well, there. And do that grind. Of, I'll, I'll tell you what, and one of the interest, one of the big part of it, one of the things that I found out doing my media work in the fitness industry is you can have people with very colorful personalities and people who are interesting to talk to. And you can have people that, um, you can have people that have these great personalities, but when you put a camera in a microphone in their face, they just freeze up and they're not the same person. And I think in WWE, you know, sometimes that wears off the more camera time you get, the more you're going to come out of your shell. But there's people that I've done interviews with in the bodybuilding scene for five or six years. And we'll sit at a table and have dinner after a show or whatever and sit and BS and they're cool. And you get on camera. Oh, David Bay here. 2017 Olympia weekend with so-and-so big days coming up. And how you feeling? Oh, well, you know, uh, I did my, you know, did my work. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little leaner than I was. Five pounds have more stage muscle, and it's like, dude, like talk to me. Yeah, where's the like, guy from before? Yeah, talk to me like before. And then you get people who are on the flip side that are like try to be like over the top, and you're like, just 
just be yourself. Yeah, yeah that's you know. So finding Pull somebody, back on the reins. finding somebody yeah. for wrestling, and then and then the one thing we have to consider about wrestling too is you know some of them are supposed to be characters. Obviously, The Rock. I think you know. I think the the thing with The Rock is that was an kind of an extension of who he is yeah, that's, and with Stone Cold Stone Steve Cold Austin it was an extension of who he is if you watch stuff on Ric Flair his personality <laughs> and his promos is kind of just an extension of who he is it always if yeah. you see the warrior talking <laughs> in his promos you know we're or, that's, or warrior. His, that's who he is and I think so you have to create these characters oh, where it's a character gym. that's just an extension of who they actually are okay. and I think that's I think it's just a rare thing and so when we when, again when we look at talent i think it's harder to find good talent than maybe we think i think social media hurts it because you can never have somebody go out and party like rick flair did back oh, in the God. day and, can't then, and then have that emotion in those stories well, and somebody could have when you come do it now can't swim you could have back <laughs> then provoked. but then you could have ran him down and stole his polaroids you know that he took <laughs> i just remember my second point my second point is during this whole covid period you would think that the wwe would try to take this time to be trying to all avenues to be a little different here and there, right? You, you know, utilizing their YouTube channels, their Facebooks for yeah. extra promo work and guys that they're not using so much and be like, Hey, cut a promo at home. Send, everyone has a, a 1080 camera now. Yeah. Just cut a promo and send it in and we'll, we'll be the judge if we, it's well, good enough and, for us to and use. The sad thing is, is that, like I said, NXT has been outstanding. I mean, I, watched, I watched the great American bash uh, the first night last night and uh, you know, Sasha Banks and Io Shirai, they were the main event. They had a fantastic they crushed match. it. Like I said, Timothy Thatcher and, and uh, Oni Larkin were great. Um, if you know for that, if you like that style, and then um, I did watch the Keith Lee Adam Cole match, which, which was fantastic in terms of a, a big guy small guy match. I won't say it was as good as uh, Walter versus uh, Tyler Bate. I really liked, but it was still it was it was outstanding. It was great. So it's like it's all there. You have all the pieces. Just you know, just let it kind of happen. To it's your frustrating. to your point, Dave, and I think you and I have talked about this before. You know, you said it's it might be harder for them to find talent. I don't think so because they are sitting on a fucking gold mine of talent, and they're just picky and choosy on who they want to give the, yeah. the rocket to, and that's it. Well, and and how long can they afford to do that? I think we've all talked about this. Like, I think the guys in the undisputed era, I I think they they're average like thirty five, thirty six years old. I think. I mean, I know Adam. Cole, older, I'm pretty yeah. sure Adam Cole's like 30 because you know, all these guys were in Ring of Honor before. They were in the Indies. I mean, you put in time. That's a lot of time and a lot of bumps. And I, now you got to get called up to the big show. I wonder if uh, one of the things I wonder about, and you you just mentioned it, and we've talked about this before. I wonder what the impact of social media has on the the characters that they portray, and you know the the fact that. It's so much harder now to be a character twenty four seven. Yeah, like like Taker was. Like, like Taker about. was. Yeah. Like even like Ric Flair was. Mm-hmm. Look, Ric Flair. If you you saw him out, you know nobody was recording him with a camera. Nobody you know was taking pictures with their cell phones and he didn't have this separate like this is me because look if i've got a facebook page and i've got a wife and and kids and stuff like that but i'm a heel in the wwe am i not supposed to ever post on my instagram or my facebook and my wife isn't supposed to pull you know if you're a wrestler if you're a wrestler (laughs) i think i saw married and has two kids someone yeah if you're if you're you're a wrestler who's married and has two kids but you're like this heel and your wife's like oh you know me and the husband and the kids on a saturday 
Saturday, it, it ruins that all. Mm. And I think social media has made oh, it. he's not such a bad guy. Uh, yeah, I think <laughs> social media has definitely made it much harder to develop certain characters and have that believable for people. And I think people understand more now that it is just characters. Yeah. But I think that WWE, I think wrestling as a whole, is a very evolving business and i think it continues to evolve as social media changes and i think vince and the uppers at wwe may be having a hard time keeping up with yeah that. and i just had two points that i wanted to close with one was that like uh, like you were talking about dave with social media um then you start to create people who only care because they can't care about the characters that are being offered. So then what do they start caring about next? The work rate, the behind the scenes heat, like that becomes the storyline instead of what they're trying to push. So you really, you really can't, how can the answer and I have a feud of a blood feud going and then we hang out later and people are talking about, well, who's got the better work rate, who works as a better heel face, whatever. And then I think the other thing that I wanted to t- touch on was I think this freaking COVID thing's going a lot longer than the people, the people at Titan Towers probably thought mm-hmm. and maybe they're like you know this has been a while guys but damn this is going yeah. on well, because we some of it too with your stars you like to base it on the crowd reaction you know like an yeah. actual legitimate crowd not you know the performers you're telling who to cheer for and who not to cheer for because I mean we've seen that where many yeah, times where especially with like Becky when they try to turn her heel like at SummerSlam yeah, the, crowd she, wasn't the crowd was like no <laughs> finally about time you fucking change here we want this yep. and so they kept going and and so that actually helped make her even a bigger face than usual yeah I'm, and so like, i'm so curious to hear what drew mcintyre's first reaction is going to be to a full house if he hopefully still has the still title. yeah i think happens, they'll i know? think they'll keep that um but it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it moves forward i think and maybe once we get back to um you know wrestling with an audience maybe the fans will just forget about all this and just be like hey we're so happy to have uh, yeah, so there, happy to have a, a weird gap back. between the royal rumble well, and yeah, now I think, I classic think wwe will just you just know revise their own history and whatever history. happened every but, uh, championship is open for contention no nobody's champion right now so outside the ring um yeah. big news um combining the worlds of wrestling and hollywood one of my favorite actors of all time, one of the only characters that I was actually comfortable with um, playing a role of Patrick Swayze's, Chris Hemsworth is going to be playing in a Hulk Hogan biopic, and he is training right now to try to grow into the character. <laughs> Literally. Um, so when we see Hemsworth as Thor, um, Hemsworth got in very good shape yeah. to play Thor, but it is not even remotely <laughs> close. I mean, and that's I kind of I mean, but not really. No, it's not even remotely <laughs> close. It's not even remotely cro- close to how massive. I'm on my second margarita. <laughs> remotely close. Uh, it's not even remotely <laughs> close to how massive belly. Hulk Hogan was. Yeah. And Hulk Hogan. Um, in the earlier part of his career, to right around the middle, was never very lean. Either. No, it wasn't about being ripped. It was just no. It was massive, just yeah, massive. Now when he went it's to the like NWO, ever, ever had a six pack. Uh, well, when he was like when his match against The Rock, he was pretty. He was pretty ripped, you know. But no, he never had like, like yeah abs. Because like, yeah, he had the every, power vein. Every WWE video game, I'm like he never had that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so so very interesting yeah. that they chose Chris Hemsworth. Um, 
I really like Chris Hemsworth as an actor. I think he's a good action star, <laughs> a good-looking dude. Is that real? No, no. that's not real. <laughs> that's one thousand percent. I was going to say. I'm good. pretty sure. Yeah. So I just, you know, look, they yeah. Hollywood has no yeah, issues putting forty, fifty pounds of muscle on somebody for a movie role um, with their special Marvel diets that they put people on. But even for Chris Hemsworth, I think getting as big as Hulk Hogan was is a bit of a stretch. Now, I think Hemsworth is a great actor, and I think he can pull that off. Can he pull off the physique that Hulk Hogan had? Well, go around the table on yeah, that one. I think okay. uh, the cam- I think he needs to get to a certain size, and then the camera will do the rest of the work. Yep. <clears throat> He'll, they'll just make him green like Hulk and how they made him that. No, uh, I'm just hopeful he can uh, do the big boot and leg drop like the real Hogan can. Well, see, what I'm thinking is that I think Hemsworth is going to have to train his ass off and they'll do maybe a week or two weeks worth of shooting where he'll be, you know, like in wrestling gear. And then I think the rest of it's going to be the backstage stuff that with Hogan's look, because Hogan's life is pretty much an open book at this point. Like everybody knows all his, all his greatness and his warts and everything that goes along with it, everything, the good stuff, the bad. Um, so you're, it isn't like Hemsworth is going to have to be shirtless the whole movie. There's, there can be a lot of backstage stuff they can do so as long as you have those couple of scenes that they do a lot in hollywood hey show the guy shirtless do the wolverine scene coming out of the thing okay now that's in your mind as that's how he looks in the movie even if he's wearing a jacket a shirt or whatever so i think they'll probably do a little bit just gotta get his vitamins say his prayers prayers. bang that bell and smash that (laughs) link all he needs though for that entire movie is literally that tank top yeah (laughs) And, and a headband. And a yeah, headband. That's it. Well, I mean, even there in WCW, yeah. he was a little more. So, like, he could he easily, lean, easily lean out. he could achieve that, yeah. like Hogan, right there. Yeah, because, he's like, still going to have to yeah. bulk up some. But, like, what big moments are they going to have to show in the that ring? Probably show his debut, Hogan. probably show him with Andre, probably That's show 95. the NWO stuff, and then maybe some of the later WWE stuff if they get into it. But, you know, who knows even how rest, wrestling heavy it's going to be? You know, it could be. That's true. Could, yeah, that stuff with his son in the car accident and everything i mean the whole train wreck that was brooks reality show i mean there's yeah, a lot be, of stuff it'll there. be interesting to see what direction they go with this and how much of it is based on wrestling yeah. and how much of it is based on what it was like to be behind the scenes i met nick hogan at the uh at the olympia last year he was there with uh, mel chancy a uh, guy who promotes shows down in florida um good friend of uh terry's Yep. He does Terry not, doesn't he does like not, the Hulkster. Does not, does, not, does not when I when I met him, that was the one thing Sean Ray told me. Hey Hulkster, not, how's it going there? Huckster? Did you call him a Huckster? Don't call him Hulk. He does not like that. <laughs> call him Terry. Um does not that's how you know we're you know we're, we're like tight. That. Hey Terry. Nice to meet you. He said, Hey Terry, I'm a casual fan, but uh I'm hey, a Terry Barry. No, you don't meet I was like, like macho that. better. No, Sean was like, oh, Sean, Sean totally hyped it up. Oh, he's he's your biggest fan. <laughs> he knows every man. But Hulk Hogan is, you know, I mean everybody's Hulk Hogan. You know, but yeah. he has a you know, has a thing for Hulk Hogan. So it wasn't like too too much of a stretch with <laughs> Sean. Yeah, so we were at the we were at the Arnold Classic in twenty fifteen and Hulk Hogan was with BPI and he was sitting there having a meeting with two guys from BPI kind of in a more private part of the restaurant. And I was having, um, having lunch with Sean Ray, who's a, a hall of fame bodybuilder, one of the greatest of all time. And, in the podcast. Um, 
you know, Hulk used to train out at Gold's Venice here and there when he was in California. And I asked Sean, I'm like, dude, you know him? He's like, yeah, we go way back, you know? Because it's funny, like, somehow, like, celebrities know, like, the top bodybuilders. Hmm. Like, Dexter Jackson was like, yeah, the first time The Rock came up to him, and was like, oh, shit, it's Dexter Jackson. And Dexter's like, wait, what? <laughs> you know? But so the bodybuilders, uh, put on the, a couple you know, the wrestlers are all a lot into weightlifting, so they know the pro yeah. bodybuilders and yeah. stuff. Um, but I'm like, Sean? I don't ask you for much, man. I really, I really don't, you know? So, and you know, the guys from BPI, when Sean walked over, weren't going to be like, Hey, we're at a meeting. Cause it was Sean, yeah. you know? And he was like, Hey Terry, how's it going? Hey, what's going on, Sean? And Sean real strategically turned to talk to the guys from BPI. Like, Hey, how's it going? It left the, you that left me there. Hey, uh, shoot the gap. Hey, it's my guy from Wisconsin. He's your biggest fan. So it was, uh, it was pretty cool. So that was my story. Did he call your brother? I actually got to sit. No, did he call your brother? He, he was really chill. I was, he was like one of the guys that I actually got to sit and BS with for probably 10, 15 minutes. Cause Sean like dragged out this conversation with the guys from BPI oh, doing a solid for you. Yeah. Him. Yeah. But no, he was, he was really, not, you know, usually with like Triple H is like, hey, can I get a picture? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, I've jibber jabbered with Mark Henry, but that's how it is with a lot of the, the people I get pictures with. But I actually did have a chance to sit and talk with him, and he was he was really chill. He's like, Yeah, coming to Green Bay was always cool. He's like, people in Wisconsin are nicer than everywhere else. <laughs> you know? Nicer than Philly anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, boo Santa Claus. No, I think uh I think a movie about him will be very yeah. interesting. And what like perfect said, timing coming off, you know, the Undertaker, last ride, even the Bulls thing to a certain extent. I think people are really looking for the insight behind a lot of their favorite uh, heroes and, and sports people. Well, and I think they did a good job picking Chris Hemsworth because of the fact that, um, you know, the, the thing with Chris Hemsworth is that from his role in all the Marvel movies, everybody knows who Chris had. Chris Hemsworth is. It's got an appeal. Everybody knows who Thor is. And granted, regardless of whether you're a wrestling fan or a casual wrestling fan, everybody knows who Hulk Hogan is as well. And so I think you really draw in a a, a wide variety of the general population with, hey, Chris Hemsworth does a story on Hulk Hogan. You know, The Undertaker, The Last Ride was done fantastic. But if you're <laughs> if you're not a, if you weren't a wrestling fan, you might not have been watching um, the Undertaker. Right. But everybody again knows Hulk Hogan. Everybody knows who Chris Hemsworth is. So I think some people who might not even be into wrestling might give it a shot. And again, the behind the scenes aspect of what we may yeah. end up seeing from this could really be a draw for a lot of people. I'm really looking forward to uh, Hemsworth learning all the mannerisms from Hogan. From is it going to be like some '80s where him and Hogan or him and Macho did those promos, or yeah. we're going to see him in the '90s? Yeah, you know where it was where he had the hands like this, and he's talking with the mic in the hard cam with Bischoff, you know, yeah. with the finger bent and just doing. No, that you're you're right because then that's that's going to be important. That's going to be critical is, to really you know deliver. Is he going to shrink during it like Hogan did in real life because of his bad back? Only twenty <laughs> surgeries or whatever. Yeah. Not I, uh, too many to count. You know, I think that's a really interesting part of all these movies where an actor is portraying somebody in in real life is when they have to learn their mannerisms and stuff like that mm-hmm. and some of these actors just kill it i'll tell you what even going watching back like the old saturday night lives where people like mimicking like yeah. celebrities or presidents yeah. or things like that and that's these people from saturday Dana night live Carvey. and so you he see you see uh these actors really really immerse themselves yeah. in these roles i mean like when jamie fox played um ray ray charles i that mean was that was good. i mean that was incredible you well, know, what's even funny is a lot of people didn't really know how 
good of a singer Jamie Foxx really oh, yeah, was. Phenomenal. And then they don't so remember his albums from back in the day. Jamie, Fox. this is prior to him actually doing those albums. Yeah, Ray. Jesus Quinn. Oh come on, he had a song on Booty Call, didn't he? Yeah. Unpredictable. He had that big <laughs> hit we used to play. <laughs> But some of these actors do a, a phenomenal movie. job of yeah. of mimicking these mannerisms, and it's it's very interesting to watch, especially if you were a big fan of the person who yeah. the the film is being made about. So, and I think Hulk Hogan is tough. So I think there people are really going to put Hemsworth performance under the microscope um, when he's doing, you know, oh, that's not a good Hulk Hogan. That just looks like an impersonation. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it'll be a huge hit, though. I think, like I said, Chris Hemsworth coming off of that huge movie on Netflix. Um, <laughs> dude, that was a good you didn't It was. Like it? No, it was good. Like coming I, I, thought out with we gonna, two. I thought we were going to talk. Did we talk about uh, Extraction on the podcast? We did not. We, we meant did to. did not. But right. that was a, well, then we can, we, we can roll into yeah, that. Yeah, coming off of a huge yeah. movie on Netflix, Quick Extraction one. was yeah. great. You know, obviously, he's a huge superstar again. Um, when they read, when they did, yeah. when they were like, we're redoing Red Dawn, you motherfuckers, leave Swayze alone. <laughs> it's who's, been, who's playing the lead role? Chris Hemsworth. I was like, eh, okay. but that's before he was really big, though. Yeah, but he was still pretty awesome. Yeah, um, know, his star well, was and, rising. And from Hemsworth's standpoint, what more? F- Listen, my grammar. What more fun? But what could a better character be than to go like, "Hey, you're gonna get to be Hulk Hogan as an actor." Like, you have how to much think more fun? A huge could that opportunity be, for him. You know? Big so. time. Uh, real quick on Extraction. Extraction Two with the Rooster Brothers is gonna get made. It's already booked, confirmed. Yep. Um, so I'm actually looking forward to that. If you haven't seen Extraction yet on Netflix, we as well. Well, I'll highly recommend it. Yeah, it, it, it was pretty. It good. was good. Solid. It was it was very good. I think uh, it'll make you wonder why they don't use grenades in movies more often because I'll be damned if it doesn't make things easy. Liberal use of hand grenades. Liberal use. Speaking of Netflix, huge on Netflix right now, the reboot Reboot. of Unsolved Mysteries and it has the interwebs, the face page, the gram buzzing. Um, I've watched all six episodes. So they did... Six. Now, I don't know if how soon they're going to be releasing more. Um, I thought it would have been a little bit longer season than just six. Um, just a little taste. Just a little taste. Yeah. You know, they might have just done Trial six because they're like, just hey, let's t- see if this yeah, works. Yeah. And people are going nuts over it. And interestingly enough, which I, I don't want to say is a surprise, but tips are rolling in huge. Big time. I know they did six episodes. Um one was about aliens, which um, I watched them all, and the aliens one didn't really do anything for me. It was about people who had been abducted. They swear to this day they were abducted by aliens. Um, coming out and admitting they were abducted by aliens really impacted their life in a, in a negative way. You know, having to move out of the towns they grew up in. Um, you know, the 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 alien encounters or the spaceship, the lights that they saw. You know, everybody in the town saw it, so everybody saw it. So nobody was arguing like they didn't see this. There was a couple people who just said they got like sucked up to the ship ship on tractor beams and stuff and people were like yeah we saw the lights fire in the sky action right right um but so the other five pretty much are about murders and missing people and um they did uh some really good job we saw one where uh a lady went missing um and you know and then you know they they found her remains and um 
the 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 ex husband was like sleeping with her ashes, and like when they found her skeleton, like wanted to hold her skull and stuff. And it's basically, you know, everybody's seeing like he's the new Carol Baskin. Like we all know <laughs> you murdered her. You know, he was in the in the show. He's like, hey, I, creepy. I sleep with her ashes because I like to have her right by my side so I can look over her. And I'm like, yeah, you wow. murdered her. You know, there was rumors of her, you know, wanting to be with another guy and wanting yeah. to get a divorce. Um, but the interesting thing about unsolved mysteries again is that um it's they have at the end of every episode here's the website if you have any tips and there's a lot of tips rolling in now most of the instances that they're discussing in the show if you guys haven't seen all the episodes most of them are at least 10 to 15 years old so it's that interesting time period where people who may have wanted to been be quiet at the time might be at a point in their lives where like, you know, this is something that I should really come forward and tell. Like if you're 25 and you know, something really shady happens, you might want to keep that quiet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if, if, if you're a 25 year old and you've got like, Oh my God, like I was at a party and you know, somebody got murdered. I ain't saying shit, you know? And then like, you know, like 15 years down the road and you're 40 years old, you know, you're married, you got kids of your own and you're like, you know what? Like this is something that needs to be solved and this person's family needs some closure. And so at this point in my life, I'm not the same person I was back then. I'm going to step forward and, and say something. And that's what's unique about it, isn't it? Because we've all seen so many, shows on whether it's netflix or prime where it's like it's a story about something that happened and then that's it these are things that they're still like like it says it's an unsolved mystery they're still Mm -hmm. trying to figure it out and we really haven't had anything like that in so long i think this is so new and different that it's really hitting kind of a different nerve on things because you know again it's normally it's wrapped up nice bow at the end there you go yeah because a a real popular show was the i almost got away with it yeah i love those shows where it's like yeah they they thought they had everything like one of them i i thought i heard was like it was like 30 years later they finally caught him because he slipped up just one little bit one time boom he got caught so yeah everybody always seems to always have these just desires for all these mysteries and like i was telling diamond dave there's like a meme floating around right now where it's like can you solve this unsolved mystery and you're sitting there eating your chips on your couch probably i'm still trying to solve the diehard three water uh riddle <laughs> <laughs> or oh, the four pounds here and you get there an equal four yeah, pounds four, over here four gallons of you're a genius, Dang, you're yeah. a genius. Well, is, put it on the scale <laughs> is there anything uh showing back in the day of like, unsolved mysteries of Stack like stuff yeah where they were getting tips coming in compared to like now well, or because the, yeah, obviously I mean, TV was ba- different back then. There was only like what fifteen channels you could really watch compared to yeah stuff I think that's available because, now. Like, I would, you would call in. I think yeah, back I mean, you then. brought yeah, it up. Call that toll free number. Yeah, you brought yeah. it up. Uh, answer with a lot of the guys on that almost or that I almost got away with it. Um, a lot of those they would show that guys were getting caught. They would say um, this person was watching a local crime show, and you know it's either America's Most Wanted or Unsolved Mysteries, and that's how they a lot of them ended up getting caught with people would see them so yeah i mean i definitely think they worked back in the day and i'm sure it'll work now so did you guys see the the very first one with the husband that was just went missing and then they there was a giant hole in the roof of a ray something yeah reyes yeah hole in the roof of the hotel and they they said they must have thrown him off like 
the 11th or 20th floor or something and he busted through but his phone and his glasses weren't busted yeah they were comparing it to Uh, the game with michael douglas it was crazy like what happened here and like somebody has to have and and you know they were looking at that from all these angles and then the craziest thing about the first episode to me is his like best friend from like high school instantly like lawyered up and nobody was a a gag order for anybody that worked the company and so i was like talk about admitting guilt like if you're his best friend for 20 years and the first thing you do when your best friend goes missing and his his body is found dead is the first thing you do is lawyer up you're fucking guilty (laughs) you're guilty so it's like now it's not a matter of it's not a matter of uh, uh you know who did it it's a matter of how can we prove it and i think with that company all those people that had a gag order i have to imagine there's somebody who's long gone from that company who knew about something um you know ex look i'll tell you what ex-girlfriends and ex-wives are great for coming out of the woodwork (laughs) and 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 spilling the beans on what really went down right now the most polarizing episode i think is the one called 13 minutes where you have the the creepy old white guy who marries the um she looks uh, to be latina woman and he's like super overbearing and possessive again they had the meme like he's the new carol baskin <laughs> uh, andrew pull up look up rob um endress rob and then e-n-d-r-e-s meme oops endress and, you know it's always funny e-r-e-s e-s no e-n-d-r-e-s you never know what's gonna take off on netflix no, it's you know, always a crapshoot, which is, is I think that's what's kind of cool part about of the it. Appeal, yeah, no, because the worldwide it. and then boom, oh, it Rob, just pops off. his name is Rob Endress. Um, type in unsolved Rob Endress unsolved mysteries. Maybe he found a way to delete himself off the web and he's gone off the grid. Have you seen this guy? <laughs> Have you seen this <laughs> <No>. boy? <laughs> the T one thousand is looking for him. There he is, right there, uh, the third the, one. Yeah, this so, guy right here. Oh yeah, I've seen that. This man. creepy. He's got guy. a trusting face. What are you talking Google about? Google Rob Endress Carol Baskin. <laughs> see if anything comes up. Somebody did like the morph where he goes to her. But um, so one thing that we want to reach out to everybody watching and ask if you watched Unsolved Mysteries and you saw the episode thirteen minutes, do you think the husband? is guilty of murdering her. Andrew, have you seen 13 Minutes no, yet? Quinn, have you seen it? It's on my list. It's on my list. Dave. Doing it tonight. Dave's watching it tonight. <laughs> We're all no help. I've already watched it because um, um, when I hurt my arm and my pec like last weekend, I didn't, it was 4th of July weekend. I had a long three-day weekend. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't do anything. I binged a lot of Netflix stuff. In a couple weeks, we're going to get into the show Dark. Took me a little bit to get into it, but oh, a lot of good stuff. Quinn. Oh, I know. I've stuff. watched a little bit of that. But anyhow, how many people, how many people that have watched Unsolved Mysteries think Rob Andres is guilty of murdering his wife, Patrice? I'm just looking at we him. He's guilty. Hear. Drop it in the comments. He looks like a guilty guy, he does. doesn't he? I slept with her. He so they so they he when they like found farmer when they found her dead. dead he asked so them did it. They found her body. They asked he asked Merle. them to lay her out like in a skeleton, right? <laughs> at the at the at the morgue or at the at the funeral home. So they laid her out in like a skeleton, and he's like, "I picked up her skull and just walked around with it so I could have her near me." And then he had her cremated, cremated and would sleep with her ashes. 
Aw. That's sweet. Andrew. Aw. That sounds like a romantic comedy that's going to be made. But I I, I do think that the good thing that's going to come out of Unsolved Mysteries is that, uh, again, given the time frame. Look, if you did Unsolved Mysteries from crimes that happened, like, last year, I think people would be like, I ain't saying shit, you know, if they knew what was going on. I really do think the time frame that you you give – that you give people um, to, to grow up and to be at different points in their lives. I think yeah. that allows, and I think you're going to get some answers. And again, these are, it's pretty tragic watching it even 10, 15 years later to see how big of a toll this took on people's mm-hmm. families and stuff. And, and for as tragic as it is to lose somebody that you love, not knowing what happened, I think makes it just, uh, just that much harder. So an interesting show. Yep. Um, I have a feeling if they come out with a second season, they're going to dump the alien stuff like that. Maybe, maybe if they did more like ancient aliens, like unsolved mysteries, like who built the pyramids or like, you know, some oh, of the crazy the tips rolling in on that one. <laughs> some of the crazy stuff like yeah. in South America. Hey, look, there's this hundred foot long piece of granite that's cut at a perfect 90 degree angle that we don't have machines that yeah, could do today, do you know? Yeah. Um, but um, you know, I think there'll be a lot of murder mysteries and stuff like that and i think it'll serve to be perfectly honest with you i think it'll serve as a resurgence of you know opening up these cold cases because like i said if 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 you put it out there and and people want to help they have information uh especially knowing you're going to be anonymous people are going to come forward real quick question on uh the alien show uh well the alien version one did it have that creepy vibe of like what it was back in the day because i feel like Granted, I was a kid, but it, it yeah. gave you that real, like, creepy you know, it vibe. Like the music. And it yeah. absolutely was yeah. creepy. It talked about them being, you know, pulled up into the ship and, you know, kind of being in this weird environment. And it was it was real creepy. Um, I think the Alien Unsolved Mysteries, it's not like anybody has any answers. So at the end of the show, yeah. like, if you know what happened or if you saw something <laughs> or whatever. And especially now with, I like, all the stuff that's <laughs> come out, like... I think all the stuff that's come out in like the last year, like, yeah, we, we know there's aliens. Yeah, we saw the UFOs. There's a big difference still, um, a a giant difference still between we know there's aliens and believing people's stories about being like sucked up into them and having their butts probed and stuff like that. Um, you know. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not saying it didn't happen. Well, because the show I watched as a kid was Sightings. That was one. It was always on on Fridays at yeah, 9 o'clock. I remember that and I'd one. be home and it's dark out and I'm watching this that was as like a, a nine-year-old yeah, kid. Yeah, that was yeah. a creepy show. Watch as the kids push the bus across the train tracks so they don't get killed again. Because that was one of them. So oh, they put yeah, it in the neutral. Ghosts, yeah. And they, they're like, we're putting sugar all over the back so you can see the handprints. And then they, yeah. they move and the camera doesn't even show them moving like like the full view and then all of a sudden they zoom in oh look there's handprints all over it yeah. oh yeah come on <laughs> come on don't, don't bullshit don't man. bullshit come on don't bullshit <laughs> me come on but a, a when huge show those were kids I lied a huge show on Netflix right now and I think Netflix is doing a good job at keeping us all really entertained in lockdown again the show Dark which we'll get into um, next week or the a few weeks after I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to watch that it's like this mystery I'll just say it's it's a mystery sci-fi time travel type show that took me a little bit to get into, mm-hmm. but they go into all these weird, like what happens when you time travel and you run into your old self, if you get stuck in another year, 
Um, ah, back to the future cover. Well, it. so it was interesting because I was joking. I'm like, you know, when they, they, they made a, a joke, of it, you know, because there was a, a time that took place in 86, which is a year after Back to the Future came yeah. out. So they're like, well, it's not just like you get in a DeLorean and you get to pick <laughs> nice. which year you go to. You know, they're talking about like black holes and wormholes and transporting and yeah. how there's not really a beginning and an end. But it was like if you went back into like 1986, but your old self was there but you still lived your life, you know, and, and how things intertwine, but then you could jump back another 30 years and that person could jump forward. And so it's a really interesting sci-fi show about time travel and the same person being in multiple years and like multiple dimensions. It's really cool. It's, it's hard to explain, but it's the show dark. It's a German show. Yeah. Because they, they've been doing a really good job with like a lot of their foreign shows. Like I've watched a lot of their, uh, like Norwegian stuff. Like the rain was an excellent, uh, show first season. And so they do a really good job with those. And even though the dubbing can be a little bit off, um, you, you can get past the dubbing for dark is a little bit off, but to be perfectly honest with you, and sometimes even the dubbing and the, I watch it with the closed captions on (laughs) And so the dubbing in the closed captions sometimes is even a little bit off. Um, But I will say Dark on Netflix is a really good show, a really good sci-fi time travel show. It goes really deep into like all these different paradoxes of time travel and, you know, all the crazy things that can happen. Um, But um, the fact that they're dubbing it over with English, it, you you won't even you yeah, won't you even, hardly even know you, you hardly won't even, even notice it on, on a lot. But you of have things. to pay attention. This is so I will say the thing about Dark is you have to pay attention to every episode. It's not like a show where it's like <laughs> you have one. You know, I always Everybody I always looks at the answer. Oh, I always joke about sign. I, I bring Seinfeld up. Like if you watch one episode of Seinfeld and you don't see two or three or four, and then you just watch a new one, they were all independent of each other for the right. most it didn't, part. It didn't matter. You know, they yeah. might some might reference back to whatever. Where this show Dark like every episode has things that are going to be important for next ones so while you're binging pay close attention but to keep it on the netflix thing here i know we uh got some movies that can kind of come out I, like quinn you were talking about this in the pre-production meeting about how like how some netflix netflix movies are you say yeah, you were saying it yeah i mean it, it's interesting well, whenever you know, a big you know. a big new netflix movie comes out it's almost like an event you know, and there's a lot of hype leading up to it. And like, I know if you open up your phone and go to Google, whatever Netflix movie out is going to be in that suggested, you know, search of your, you know, of your Google. So, uh, yeah, I think they get a lot of hype and, you know, not all of them are great. Some of them are kind of like, well, the sci-fi channel could have made this if they had a hundred million dollars and a couple of A-list actors, you know, well, the, no the story and then, yeah, the stuff's give, not there. Give one, one or two examples of the movies that you are kind of referring to. Okay. So, uh, I don't. I wouldn't put Extraction in there. I thought that was a very good, you know, Hollywood level movie. But like Triple Nine, I thought was a bit of a letdown. Had a lot of stars. It had a ton of A listers. Our favorite, one of our favorite actors, Norman Reedus, was in it for a cup of coffee. I was so pissed. I texted you know, right away. I didn't Hunnam see tri- Triple Nine. Oh, yeah. really? Which Ben Affleck, Charlie, Charlie Hunnam. Oh no, I didn't and, see uh, it. Norman Reedus. No, I, I did see the. So I mean, it was good, but it's like there. <sighs> I use, I guess I would use example of there's a lot of sizzle there and no steak to to use an old reference, and and that's kind of what it seems to be. Um, there was another one that I watched that just was getting a ton of push. Uh, was the the old guard on uh, on Netflix with Charlize Theron, who I like. I mean, Fury Road is like one Theron. of my top two movies of all time. But uh, I really think they dropped the ball with that one. Really, with Charlize Theron, and I had put, yeah. I, had, I I make notes about what we should talk about on the podcast, and when I saw. 
the old guard. Um, and I was reading an article last year about how she was, or last week, how she was a little disappointed she wasn't going to be in the new Mad Max, but I think mm-hmm. they just want somebody younger instead of trying to use yeah, digital well, technology. Yeah, I think they're doing Max's character. But she, she really popped out to me as somebody almost like a Tom Hardy or, you know, some of these actors where like almost everything they're in is just yeah, really good. Like if you think yeah. about a female actor where every single movie they're in has substance, is good, um, they play a great role. Charlize Theron jumps out at me as one of those characters. And for me, she's one of those people where if she's in a movie, I will see it because mm-hmm. I think it's going to be great. Um, another guy, uh, Harrison Ford, anything Harrison Ford's in yeah. default. Yep. I'm going to watch. I watched the, the age of, uh, well, age of Adeline a chick flick with, <laughs> cause Harrison Ford was in it and it turned out to be a phenomenal chick flick. And I don't say that. <laughs> I don't didn't even uh, have a whip or a I fedora. don't say that very much. A, a phenomenal blaster. chick flick, but in any regard, um, so, um, the old guard, uh, Charlize Theron, it just didn't do it. Yeah. For you. you know, it's, it just seemed like she kind of phoned it in and it just seemed like she was a, like just the typical, Overly powered, fe- overly powerful female lead that you would put in a Marvel action type do you movie, kind of like a Brie Larson. Do you and think that Mar- her role was too close to who she played in Fast and Furious? Yes. And now you're like, this that, is no, Fast and all. Furious. I, do you think she was that's not it? Cipher. Do you not think that was it? This character doesn't even compare at all to Cipher. <laughs> not play. Uh, <laughs> I'm not paying Netflix to see this movie where she's not acting like that. Or is it because of, we've seen this role where did it seem like a cipher this, role? It, it, no, no, it, she wasn't at all. Like the, the no, 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 no. It's, it's funny though, but um, we've just no, seen it, that here. It, it seemed like times. the the cookie cutter stamped Thank out. You. you know, okay, so she had the tank top. She had the short hair. She drank a lot. She was the leader of the group. She was telling all these guys what to do. It was just like it was so over the top. And I was I was telling Dave that, you know, if you want to have that type of movie, that's fine. And I get it. It comes from comics. So maybe their hands are tied a little bit there with the creativity they can have. But like there's no need anymore to have to shove a strong female lead down your throat when it's been done correctly a million times, whether it be aliens, resident evil, even Charlie Stern and Eon flux, I thought was a good action movie. You know, that doesn't and get Hancock. a lot of, a lot of publicity. Yeah, that as well. So when I compared that with a movie or a series that I saw on uh, Amazon prime called Hannah, it was like, night and day on how you would get somebody interested in a, in a movie like that, where you, if you want to have the female lead and tell it from that perspective, uh, it was just totally different in Hannah. It was uh, like a bunch of girls who were anywhere, you know, they got them when they were born and they were trained in this government program to be essentially assassins who would, they could use to be very unassuming and could change world events and that sort of thing. And so it came off like you're watching it. And I'm like, you know, if the government was going to do it, that's how they would do it. And it sounds came like off Black, as very Sounds convincing. like the Black Widow from it, Well, it was Black Widow, but like a hundred times better. Which is dumb. <laughs> oh, come on. They Black, Black Widow movie coming out. It won't be as good as this. Oh, it will God. be better. Quinn that's just hates his, his Marvel movies. But no, it, it, and the thing <laughs> I liked about it was that, you know, they didn't have to have, so, you know, these girls were obviously great actors. The lead actress is actually Alpha's daughter from the Walking Dead series. Oh, I'm so not kidding. Yeah. Sophia. Yeah, oh, it's her. Well, that's her, not her name. But not not Sophia. Well, Sophia is Carol's daughter. Yeah. Oh, know. did I say Sophia? Yeah. I don't watch one. Oh, my okay. bad. 
<laughs> Andrew's just checking out. But uh, oh, but no, talking so like, Walking Dead. It was you know she's a very good actor, and they didn't have to have her go into a room of you know eight guys who look like the Oak, and she's front kicking them through a brick wall because yeah, it's ridiculous. So they used is it? They used like more of. Uh, is it almost like stealth Roundhouse. and and using her brains and, and you know there was some Roundhouse. use of firearms and stuff like that where it was realistic you can go on youtube and see 16 year old girls doing john wick stuff in three gun all day long there's like hundreds of them that can do it so that skill level can it. be attained so it's you know it's realistic and um i was joking with you about it that they used more of like a metal gear solid type approach to the movie as to how they take out yeah not guys. like Diamond but not Day. the way he plays the game going out there guns ablaze and just shooting everybody so what you're so. gonna want to do diamond is sneak up on this guy no, fuck okay him. know that pop 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 yeah. pop Wing! there so, goes the sound yeah so i guess to to wrap up um my netflix viewing experience this weekend old guard i get i give it a pass i guess they're gonna make a sequel but if you're a fan of charlie's theron uh maybe you want to check it out and then hannah i highly recommend uh they have both a movie for it and they have the uh a two-season uh, series with it starring friend of the podcast in the first season Joel Kinnaman as you know from Suicide Squad you know Dave it's funny you mentioned superhero because it sounds like one of Quinn's favorite franchises is 1000% now a you might as well call them a mix of Marvel and DC Fast 9 going to outer space yeah, well, people go to outer space all the time with, what's going on with them so my only come on Quinn I heard this Fast <laughs> 9 in what is it Fast 9 it's going to be Fast 9 <laughs> it's ludicrous came out with these comments by the way Fast 9 that's the next movie that's coming up what well it should have been out in April what right? was the last one called that was Fate, Fate of the Furious. Fate, Fate of the, of the Furious. Furious. So this one's Fast 9, but Fate of the Furious was number 9. In, in no, this. Fate was 8. No, Fate was That's 8. Fate, Fate was, was 8. eight. Oh, the rock yes. and Hobbs and Jobs. That's disaster. So they're going to call Fast. Or oh, was the rock holding on to the chain with the helicopter wasn't believable <laughs> enough for you? Ryan Reynolds and uh, Kevin Hart had to piggyback him along with the rock. Oh, God, here we go. (laughs) Speaking of Ryan Reynolds, um, Six Underground Netflix movie, that was pretty good. That one one was pretty solid. You guys thought that was solid? That assassin movie, very solid characters. Again, it did kind of Entertaining, but not like, I need to go watch that again. It did kind of have that sci-fi channel feel to it a little bit, though. But in any regard... um, Fast Nine, they're going to space. The only thing that I can imagine, the only thing that I can imagine, is that there is some sort of barely into the atmosphere satellite that can fire rockets at Earth. And Vin Diesel needs to shut it down. So he's, he's going to like, aim his car at it. Yeah, he's going <laughs> to take the charger off a big Two ramp. bottles of NOS this time, not just oh one. Oh, God. You know, two I, bottles the, is going to fly the, him the up. The action too. that they've been going with. You guys all love them. You know what? In the last one, Fate of the Furious, when he jumped like the cliff and they flew over him with the the, the, the plane with the magnetic stuff. No, that's, that's, that's still part of one. this one. This what? one has it. It's yeah, still part of nine. That's yeah, nine. That's part of nine. You're thinking of the preview for nine. See, what threw me off was oh because. My God, is that, <laughs> oh, oh, no. See, oh, they were talking see, about. This is how lost I am. <laughs> that's part of this new one when he yeah. jumps off the cliff. That we should have seen. And in the April. exact yeah. timing they fly over with a plane that like locks it in. Yeah, the, the magnet plane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
It looks There's, like a I think stealth the CIA bomber. is working on that. <laughs> She's got a stealth bomber. Oh my god! As it's a, it's a Russian cop. John Cena's is. <laughs> you haven't gone against your brother, of course. John Cena. Is well, Oak, when you put it that way, of I mean. course. Who else in the entire? Can you imagine just the writers? You know, we gotta have somebody. Be, somebody. We gotta have somebody be Vin be? Diesel's brother. Who, Who should it be? And like somebody was just like some like intern in the back was like get John some intern in the back was like guy that started that started in the three Fred movies what about John Cena and then everybody like all the big execs were like and the intern was like oh no and they were like it's brilliant (laughs) no John Cena Cena. will be Vin Diesel's brother I can see no he said John Cena there was a silence and then he was just like. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Hire that man. Wait, can we use The Rock? No, we can't. He's already in our franchise. Oh. Can we just put Cena? We already have The Rock. What about Hulk Hogan? He's 65. Uh, He's got a bad hip. (laughs) What about Ric Flair? He's 70. (laughs) What about John Cena? Perfect. We can do it. Quinn, are you really that pumped to know that they are taking like a Everything that you hate about Marvel and DC approach. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Everything in Fast is realistic. Here's the it's thing. It's all realistic. It's here, like you, Batman. Well, well here's the thing. I don't know why this mile runway. I don't know why this is coming out. It's weird that the whole space thing is coming out now because the movie's been done, shot, and in the can for months and months and months. Mm-hmm. It's weird that this would come out now, but... You know, like to Oak's point, I'm sure Cypher has a satellite up there that's controlling something and they've got to get in there to shut it down. I mean, they they went pretty close when they had Jason Statham and and, uh, and Luke Evans in, in the fly suits going into the back of the plane. In, I just uh, want to know how it got to this. Really? Really? That's the only question that I have. Because the first Fast and Furious was just Dom in the family. Yep. And they were a bunch of gearheads who were street racers and robbing VCRs from the back of semi trucks. Right. And somehow, okay, we went from that in part one to them, like, <laughs> you know, attacking like nuclear submarines yeah, well, are like seven. This runway <laughs> actually exists. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the twenty-six mile runway, the most ridiculous miles. scene in Fast and Furious history. Oh wait, actually, here it is. I thought it 20, was twenty-eight point eight two. How did they go? How did they go from being some gearhead street racer, high-tech thieves? To we're gonna go out in space to dismantle a satellite. I think it started with Fast Five when they made a billion dollars, and they said, "Hey, uh, you guys like making money? Yeah, I like making money." But Fast Five was the first one they brought the rock in, though, when they yeah, were taking yeah. down a big drug dealer, and that's where that it was first the started safe to... switch. That was the yeah. first, like, hey, we need a crew to pull off some crazy stuff who can drive cars and do some tech stuff. But that's Still, Dude, I they, mean, they drug that safe through, through the, that was awesome. God, the safe thing was awesome where they swapped the garbage trucks yeah. and stuff like that. But even from part five to part <laughs> eight, they really just, you know, again, it's one of the favorite things to do with my buddy, Ryan Peterson. We, we play <laughs> the hypothetical. What are the writer conversations look like? Okay. Okay. But this time, instead of like a drug dealer in South America, 
somebody hijacked a nuclear submarine and 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 we're not doing nothing in between (laughs) and tyrese gibson is going to be driving a lamborghini on the ice and the submarine's going to come like you got to imagine like what the writers are sitting around and somebody's got to be going like no that's good write that down yeah keep that i like where your head's right that i like where your head's at i like where your head's at let's do that and what if we had next level uh, what if we had like a charger from like the first one except with like spiked snow tires and like a turbine on the back. You're going to be in the Arctic and you got to write you know, that down. Take out an write that down. Charger with a turbine and spiked tires. You <laughs> well, know? you know, it's the got to keep up with Let's Mission Impossible. And we know how we had Tom Cruise is going in space. Right? Yeah. You know, but Mission yeah, Impossible has always you know? been like a super tech. Uh, that's the difference. Is he going to run in space? Michigan? Well, of course. <laughs> run, 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 run. He runs normal. Yeah, I know, but he runs in every move. He's running. Tom Cruise is running. But you know, trying to run from the, Scientology. The difference with the Mission Impossible movies is they've always been based on like this crazy technology doing crazy stuff that involves uh, heavily coordinated um, situations. And Fast and Furious just started off as doesn't matter win by an inch or a mile wins win. You owe me a ten second car. Family is everything. Is that your two older <laughs> Jesus? That was that was it as bad as I <laughs> you, you can hear yourself on the microphones, right? Yeah. So they just, know, I was like, like gonna gonna stop. Like, like the first example. You owe me a ten second. <laughs> like Paul Paul Walker gets caught there. He's a cop. He's a cop. Yeah. Hector has got three spoon engines. Yes. <laughs> like he broke in. Like he broke in. Uh, I got buddies who will post that on like Facebook every once in a while. Don't let this, don't let COVID-19 distract you from the fact that Hector's got three like turbos or, or whatever. Like right. crazy spoon fast. engines. Yeah, spoon engines. Spoon. Hector's running spoon engines for race wars. Mm-hmm. You know, because Ghost Protocol, Mission Impossible is on Amazon Prime and I forgot about one spot, I'll, I'll call it a high spot in the movie, mm. where I did a head scratch because I love the, the the Mission Impossible movies. <laughs> Tom Cruise, after a guy jumps off a, a ledge uh, with a briefcase, Tom Cruise thinks, because he's got seconds to work with here, so yep. in order to go down six levels, because they're in a parking ramp, so in order to go down six levels... The only thing he could do was get in a car and drive it off nose first, <laughs> crashing to get down there in the fastest amount of time. And I'm just sitting there like. Didn't even use NOS. No, it was just. He came out with a slight bruise. Well, okay, what was what was more believable? That scene or the scene in Fast 7 out the hotel window? Oh. In here and right, and structurally, the beams from the hotel where he could drive out one window and they were under and, construction and Not fly into another window. Oak. What was more believable? Well, Appleton Oak. I can uh, tell you, I can one up you on that. Where Vin stomps on a parking garage and Jason Statham gets covered. With concrete and not paralyzed, not a scratch, no blood. Well, what about his brother freaking crashing in the plane <laughs> crash and he's just in the hospital fine? Yeah. With like two 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 you burns on the shoulder. Right. I don't like planes too much. People hey, can because, survive because plane if crashes. We, if we had reality in all these movies, now what fun would it be? God, I love, I love Raz and Quinn. 
But he'll it still tell you. Bad, Quint, as bad as Marvel, but Quinn, oh, Quinn, oh, Quinn, Quinn tell, remind everybody at home what the best Fast and Furious movie was. Oh, it's Tokyo Drift, hands down. Where, it is. Where's the poster answer? You, no. you put this so garbage basically, up. This garbage. It's basically like a Western shit. Well, I want to say it's a Western, but uh, Tokyo Drift is a pretty good movie. It is. Speaking of that garbage, did we talk last week about the director's cut of Rocky IV? Or did yeah, we skip that? Yeah, we brought that, that up, I thought. Mm-hmm. Didn't we? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if we did, but I'm going to bring it up again Rocky, it's coming <laughs> rocky got a four, 15 rocky four director's cut i don't think we talked about it i think it was on our board i don't think we got to it though hmm. so anyhow next week we'll, <laughs> no, we'll talk where, about, we'll, this is where diamond dave plays mind games of elk yeah we'll, we'll, you talk, did it. we'll talk about it right now no so sylvester stallone has said that they're going to do a director's yep. cut of rocky four um so basically we're going to get some extended footage some scenes we haven't seen before and uh, Rocky Four of all the Rocky franchise movies, I think, is arguably the most popular. Now, the first one won an Oscar, and so I think the first two were a little bit more critically acclaimed. Um, but Rocky Four ended the Cold War, so <clears throat> there's that. Um, but I think anybody who's a fan of Sylvester Stallone or the Rocky movies, which should be all of us, is really excited that we're going to see some never-before-seen footage of Ivan Drago of Sylvester Stallone, maybe some extra training footage, maybe Adrian telling him he can't win and, you know. You know, those director's cuts, why don't they just include them on the DVDs and make it to where I don't have to go to a menu and say, play all. Just work them into the movie. Because you and I talked about Tokyo Drift, oddly enough, how it's a completely different movie when they add in all all the drama. Then they couldn't do this 35 years after the fact. By the way... There's more. They wouldn't be thinking <laughs> wait. that. It's like how many okay, times they there's do that? There's more. Blade Let's wait about 35 years. No, but you, you got to imagine, you know, they cut the movie. They wanted a certain time. I'm sure they have studies. This is how long people watch sports movies, yada, yada, yada. It turns out to be a huge hit. And then, you know, 30 years later, Stallone's like, you know, we did have a couple of really kick-ass yeah, a lot scenes. Of stuff on the cutting you know, room floor. You know, maybe at the time was controversial or they thought was adding too much. You know, oh, yeah, well, hey, it's a Rocky movie that's two hours and 20 minutes. Maybe it's a bit much. Make it two hours and 45 minutes. I don't give a shit. I'll sit and watch it if it's... Yeah, you're gonna, look, if you're going to tell me you have a director's cut of Rocky Four, I don't care if it's three hours long. I sat through Titanic, yeah. right? I, I, I people sat, sit through you know? Lord of the Rings. Yeah. People watch Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I'm not going to sit game. through Rocky <laughs> Four. Irishman. Endgame was long. Oh, <laughs> the Irishman. Irishman. I 17 hours long. Yeah, in any regard, I watched that. That's the Godfather something. Part one and two together. That's something. Wow, that's a. That's well, a they, they, well, they did that. It was on uh, Cinemax one night where oh. they did it. That so it goes in chronological order between both movies. Nice. It was actually yeah. I, Wait, I had so no it went chronological yeah. order. So did so they it start? started with De Niro like in in like the second one, right? Where, yeah. And then how he comes up through. Oh, it. that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, it was awesome. So they blended the two mm-hmm. Godfather movies together, oh. so it ran chronologically as one. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Intense. Where are we in the timeline of Fast and Furious? Forgot to ask you that. Oh, we're all caught up. Han's back. He's alive. Everything's oh, yeah. all good. Never mind. The, the oh, timeline wasn't mind. bad. The timeline's not bad. It just, that, just the fun part of it was thinking of when five or when Tokyo Drift would have taken place. They wouldn't have had flip phones. Flip phones, yeah. You know, that's what was so fun yeah. about that, taking the videos. We haven't had a night where we tried to see how many Fast and Furious movies we could watch in one night in a long time. Again. Oh, my God. So... All right, so another great podcast, another great as pe- always people friends. <laughs> so for Diamond Dave, the Appleton Oak, Mason Quinn, also the answer. So hey, Quinn, this is beginning to look a lot like a beautiful friendship. 
Good night now. That was <laughs> frankly, I don't give a damn. Wrong movie. <laughs>